Boom! There it is! Wow! I love it. Uh, everybody, we are so excited. We are going to get kinky with it today. You ready to have some fun? I'm ready to have some fun. Let's do this. Practicing polyamory. Real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. I love that song. It doesn't matter how many times it plays. I love it. All right, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Before we jump into our content, I just want to talk about three really quick things. Number one, if you are listening, watching, wherever you are, please head over to YouTube. Do a search for Practicing Polyamory Podcast and hit that subscribe button. I'm at 84 Subscribers, I just checked right before the show, 84. So if 16 of you that are out there can just head over and give me that that, that subscribe, I can finally get my custom URL and we can just go to youtube.com slash practicing polyA. Speaking of which, that's where you can find me everywhere on social media at practicing polyA. Would love if you would follow me there as well. All right, thing number two, number two. In a week and a half, whatever, on Friday, March 26th, 11 a.m. Pacific. I'm super excited about this. I'm going to have the author of The Polyamorous Next Door, Dr. Eli Sheff, on the show. March 26th, 11 a.m. I'm super, super excited about that. One of the things that we're going to talk about on the show is The Bonding Project. The Bonding Project is a relationship test that kind of explains the ways that we bond with other people, whether it's one-to-one, one-to-many, many-to-many, et cetera, and so on, and how comfortable or cautious or curious we are about these different ways of bonding with people. So uh, check out bondingproject.com, take the bonding type test to get an idea of your bonding style because we are going to be talking about that again next Friday, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern with Dr. Eli Chef. I'm super excited. And the last thing, uh, since this came up in an earlier conversation today, whoever you are, wherever you are, if you're actively polyamorous, if you're polyam curious, if you are professional poly serving the polyamorous community, I want to hear your story. It doesn't matter if you're gay, straight, queer, lesbian, trans, NB, ace, arrow, whatever. I want all of your representation. The more representation we have, the more representation, uh, we have the more representation we have the more stories we hear the more the world gets to learn about all of us and the better we can serve our community all right that's all i've got uh, as far as all of that goes and now ladies and gentlemen let's get on with the show our guest today is a lifestyle dominant who enjoys discussing researching practicing and writing about love sex romance and kink Having written numerous books on these subjects, no matter what your experience level is with kink, our guest is sure to have something to offer. By becoming a member of her website, you'll have access to such titles as, so what is kinky anyway? Femdom and Women in Charge, The Big Book of Ass, and Understand Me Now, and that's in order. Our community, our polyamorous community, is definitely sex positive, and I like to think that I am too, generally speaking. But this is our first real foray on the show into kink and i cannot be more excited to blush often and openly right here on air with all of you so this is definitely going to be a fun show joining us today from datingkinky.com welcome to the show miss nookie (laughs) 
<laughs> welcome, 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 Miss Nookie. How's it going? How are you today? I am very well, thank you. And yourself? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Really appreciate you making the time. Hey, it's my pleasure. I love talking about this stuff. <laughs> I can see that you have so many books. You've uh, got your website. You uh, have been on multiple podcasts. You, uh, you're an expert in, you know, especially from my point of view, you're an expert in all things kink. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, where, how, how long has this been going on? How long has this been part of your life? Um, tell me a little bit about your history and what's gotten you to where you are today. So uh, interestingly enough, I grew up in a swinky household. So um, I actually grew up with polyamorous people um, and who were kinky. Mm -hmm. Um, They never like sat me down and explained all of this to me really. It's just, those are the people I knew growing up. Like I knew people who, you know, dressed in leather or a, a woman who had a boyfriend and a girlfriend or men who dressed up in women's clothing or whatever. Like I knew these people, they were just a part mm-hmm. of life. Um, it was and then just when I was, normal. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same type of people that I, I tend to gravitate towards now, open-minded, mm-hmm. um, sexually free, accepting of other people and their foibles and their you know curiosities and so on and so forth. Um, and then when I was 19, I was living in New York City and a friend said to me, hey, one of my friends is a bartender at this like really crazy club. Wanna go? <laughs> crazy, and I'm like, huh? sure. So I, you know, at 19, I put on my little mini skirt with my high leather boots and I, you know, walk my, you know, hot ass uh, mm-hmm. into the vault. And it was dark and the floors were sticky and there were people in leather and latex and almost nothing. And boys wanted to do things for me. (laughs) (laughs) (gasps) And did you feel like right at home? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I like this. This is this is good. So, and that was, you know, uh, like I said, that was when I was 19. Um, For a long time, I thought uh, kink was uh, S&M, stand and model, look the part, right? And, and, you know, let people do things for you. And then a few years down the road, I began realizing that there was a lot of like psychology and mental aspects to it. And that's the part I've pretty much been digging into ever since. Nice. Well, that... Interestingly enough, that that's the part that uh, gets me the most. Like that's the part that that interests me the most as well as the the psychology of it. Um, you have written so much about it. I mean, let's just start with that. That I don't know if it's the first book that you wrote, but it sounds like it's the most basic one. What is kinky anyway? You can tell me yeah, a little so bit the, about that title. The idea behind that it's not the first book I wrote, um, but the idea behind that book is. People say to me, so how kinky are you? Mm -hmm. And I started asking that question. So so what is kinky anyway? How do you define kinky, right? Like some people define oral sex as kinky. Some people think it requires, you know, butt sex. Some people think it requires like hooks and bloods and needles and knives and stuff. I I don't know. So what is kinky anyway was kind of written to 
answer the question of what is kinky as a core philosophy when it comes to like dating kinky is my site. So, you know, when you're talking about dating and kink, knowing what those two things are is kind of important, right? Mm -hmm. Then you understand what my site is about. So what is kinky anime was designed to first set a basic standard for kink as far as I see the world. And that is people who generally have an open mind, um, especially, but not necessarily in regards to um, sexuality, right? So they're more open to different experiences. That's mm -hmm. really what it comes down to. Okay. And then um, it also answers a lot of questions like what's the difference between BDSM and abuse? How do you tell the difference? Mm. How do you get yourself into a kinky relationship? Um, what are boundaries and negotiations when it comes into you know, a relationship related to kink? So it's kind of both a primer of what kink is and can be, and it's something that you can hand to like maybe your parents or your potential partner who's like, I don't know about this whole kink thing. That sounds kind of weird. And mm -hmm. maybe go through it with them and talk about, you know, these are the things that I feel really apply. And these are the things that are a little bit different from how I would do things. Um, it's meant to be easy to read, non-judgmental, and kind of put things out there in a way that even, as we call them, vanilla people mm -hmm, mm -hmm. would understand. Yeah, we've got we've got uh, Yoe over here talking about open mind and balance is the way. It's all about learning self. Completely agree with with all of those uh, with both of those points. Um, and you actually touched on something that I I did want to ask you about. I was you know going to see if we were going to get to it, but uh, you mentioned abuse versus like BDSM, um, and I think things that I've read, things that I've seen, there are times when the line can get a little blurred, right? I mean, I don't know. I don't know enough. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't want to, to be the expert. I want, I want you to, to kind of give me a little bit of, of your, um, you know, your knowledge base, because you, in my opinion, are, are the expert here. So tell me a little bit about the abuse that is that does happen and more than anything how we can protect ourselves from getting in that kind of a situation so interestingly enough um i actually have a, a writing out today uh specifically about like abuse especially narcissistic abuse in relationships um and i have a very long piece that i wrote kind of diving into narcissism and the traits of narcissistic abusers and how to protect yourselves from that. Um, and I'll get really into quickly. that in just a second. Uh, mm -hmm. Okay, sure. cool. I, I was just going to ask you like where people can find that. Oh yeah, it's, it's, it's up on my blog. So datingkinky.com and some blog area. Yeah. Um, but, and it's also on my podcast. So podcast.datingkinky.com. Um, more than that, let's start with the basic concept of abuse versus literally any other kind of relationship. Right. So in kink, the primary goal of any kink relationship is that it be consensual. And in mm -hmm. polyamory, we talk about this a lot as well. What is consent? 
How do we get people to consent to it? There are some people mm -hmm. who talk about um, consensual non-monogamy or ethical non-monogamy. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. so there's there's a lot of consent being talked about right now, and that's a good thing. If it's not um, a hell so, yes, it's a no. Ding. Exactly. Um, so there's that as a concept is if a relationship is consensual, if the parties are informed, if they have agreed moving forward, that let's put that in the, that is a good relationship. An abusive relationship removes the consent. It mm. either manipulates somebody into consent it doesn't allow for um, somebody to be informed. So therefore they consent to something without realizing what they're consenting to. Mm -hmm. um, they, people don't stop. So like, you know, in kink, for example, there might be humiliation play mm -hmm. in which, you know, one person calls the other person names. Right. In kink, a safe word or a withdrawal of consent will immediately stop that. Mm -hmm. in abuse i might just call you names just because i'm upset with you and you saying please don't call me names isn't going to stop me right that's abuse um so the the main difference between abuse and you know bdsm and abuse is that in bdsm everything ought to be consensual and in abuse it doesn't matter how hurtful they get Consent is not the issue. It's not something pre-negotiated. It's not something agreed upon. It's something that happens from one person to the other without a way for that other person to stop it in its tracks, turn mm -hmm. it around, make things happen a different way. Got it. Got it. So it's basically when when the consentor, the, the consenter loses their their power to end whatever it is that that the other person say, is doing i would say it's not even loses it because many times in abusive situations the person who is consenting never even had that power to begin with it starts mm. in a manipulative pattern there's lies from the beginning there's deceit from the beginning that power is drained away without even really being there in fact things are often not negotiated at all yes it can be lost but generally speaking, I would say that's relatively rare. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty rare that you're going to be like in a kinky situation where you've negotiated, you have this amazing relationship, and then suddenly somebody just chooses not to stop. Right. Because right. they don't want to. Right. Like that's that it's is like a, a pattern that you would like see it. from the beginning. Yeah. Maybe you wouldn't see it, especially if you're in the middle of it. Right. Because mm -hmm. abusers are really good at manipulation and hiding their tactics. But um, if you're thinking to yourself, well, gosh, this person always makes me feel less than and horrible. And even when I say, you know, hey, you're really hurting me, it, it doesn't seem to stop or get better over time. That's, it may not be intentional abuse, but that's definitely signs pointing towards some sort of abusive situation because you're not consenting to being hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. Except by sticking around, which is not consent. Um, right. And they're hurting you and they're not responding to your requests for renegotiation. Got it. 
I wasn't aware that was something a person could do. Heck yeah, they can. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely Always. they can. So uh, one thing that I wanted to uh, get in here, if I can, you know, switch the screens there. Uh, one thing that I wanted to mention, like, I, I don't want to make this this show, this episode all about abuse in, in kink and abuse in BDSM because it's not all that. Like, there's... There's so much more, and I mean, I, I, it was a question, it was something that you brought up that was like kind of in the back of my mind that I wanted to make sure to ask about, um, but I don't want that to be like the the purveying uh, theme here because it's, it's not that, right? Like BDSM, kink, right. it's not abuse. It's, you know, most of the time, and especially in long-lasting BDSM relationships, everything is consensual and all of the, you know, the, the humiliation kinks and, uh, and, and pain kinks and all these different things. It's all consensual and not abusive. So I just want to make that perfectly clear uh, so that anybody listening is not just like, Oh, wow, I don't want to mess around with that. It's just, you know, opening myself up for abuse. Like abuse happens in any relationship. Manipulation happens in any relationship. Um, but, you know, I wanted to address it in, in this community uh, and and in this in this particular subject as well, so switching gears here and let's talk a little bit about the fun side of things. Let's talk about dating kinky and getting to know people. Like what what is the process uh, on datingkinky.com? Uh, what is it like for folks dating during a pandemic? Fine, I'll do it myself. <laughs> It's rough. I mean, it, it, just like anybody else, right? Like, you know, we, we're, we're kinky. A lot of us are used to, you know, going out to parties and connecting with other people and being, you know, handsy and touched and hugging and, you know, all of those things. And we can't. <laughs> and it's yep. been a year now. <laughs> yep. The vaccine so, is coming. Yeah, I actually just got my first shot. Today I lost more than you can know. Well, a year ago, we all lost more than we could know. (laughs) Yeah, I just got my first shot on Friday, so I'm very excited about that. Um, So what we've been focusing on for the past year with Dating Kinky is primarily helping people, um, A, connect with people online. So Mm -hmm. we actually have um, socials, like social events where we bring people into our, our online lounge and people get to like walk in and they see tables with people sitting at the tables and they can join different tables and, you know, connect. And we have uh, speed networking type things where you get randomly connected with another kinkster and get to talk for five minutes. And, um, you know, so we've got, we've got things that are going on that way. And then we've been doing like, aside from the books, we've been doing a lot of education. So, mm-hmm. We have like 14 different educational events every single month right now. 14 um, events every month? Yeah. Yeah. On a variety of topics. So like last night was our newbies night and um, we talked about negotiation and and how to do that and play and meeting people. And um, we have topics on uh, flipping the switch. We have submission. We have communication. We have uh, people of color in kink and their allies. We have an LGBTQ plus salon for, um, you know, that community. So we have they're both educational and gathering mm-hmm. type of things. 
So we bring people together to learn more about kink and about relationships with the idea that we're here to connect people, um, kinky people, poly people, swingy people, uh, LGBTQ plus people, you know, anyone who's not quite vanilla. We're mm -hmm. here to connect them. And then the education is hopefully to help them maximize the potential of those connections. Well, it's certainly more enjoyable than my average day. <laughs> right? Throw some kink in there. We'll, we'll just have a good time all day. Absolutely. There's, there's definitely a uh, intersectionality between non-monogamy, polyamory, and kink. This is just from, from your opinion, from your experience, where does that come from? Well, I would, like I said, uh, you know, for me, uh, kinkiness is more of an open-mindedness, especially mm -hmm. in regards to, uh, you know, physical relationships, the body, sexuality, um, sensation, that sort of thing. And so I think that there's a lot of overlap there because people are open to experiencing different things with different people. Now, some people mm -hmm. are monogamous in kink. Some people are sexually monogamous, but they will experience play like rope um, mm -hmm. tying or flogging or whatever with other people. Mm -hmm. um, and some people are, are wide open. Some people are, you know, in various configurations of polyamory. Um, we have a group that we're doing some collaborations with that are the swinky folk. So they're I love that word, swinky. I love it. I love it. Swingsters. <laughs> you know, so there's swingers who, um, you know, have been exploring kink as well. So there's, I think, I think when it comes down to um, alternative lifestyles, once you're open to one, you have a tendency to experience and be open to more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And eventually you find, especially over the years, you find, oh, this is fun. I'm going to add it to my toolbox and, you know, hey, a little spanky spanky in the sack. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I'm down for that. And then a couple of years later, you're like flogging. That's the shit, <laughs> right? And then a couple of years later, you're like, you know, I really like latex. Latex is cool. And then you're like, oh shit, I'm kinky too, right? Oh, wow. yeah. just because, because people brought things into your life and you're like, sure, I'll try it. And then you're like, I like it. This is cool. Yeah. Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? <laughs> nice clip. Nice clip. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, on, on the one hand, I, I can get behind that. I can agree with that. On the other hand, I'm a little bit afraid of like the societal outlook on things, right? Society mm -hmm. is going to play the, uh, what do they call it? The, um, the sliding, uh, uh, slippery slope. That's mm -hmm. the slippery slope, uh, trope, right. Or the slippery slope argument sure. where if you allow one thing, then it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And, you know, I'm a little bit, uh, uh wary of, of saying, okay, well, when you're open to one thing, then it kind of opens you up to all these other things because that kind of plays into that slippery slope thing. And then we got all of these, you know, 
societal norms, right? And people sometimes don't want to talk about their kink, right? They they mm-hmm. are closeted about it. Uh, there's there's shame associated with that. What do you? What is your thoughts on that area? Like the whole shame and closeted and uh, people that maybe can't or won't talk about it openly. Well, I think that I think that that's valid. Um, first of all, because like, for example, I live in North Carolina, which is, um, you know, uh, at will state when it comes to work, which means mm-hmm. I could be fired for no reason at all mm-hmm. li- or literally anything. Um, so and kink is not a protective class any more than mm-hmm. polyamorous is. Right. So there is absolute validity in wanting to, you know, keep what you're into on the DL. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I talk about if you're open to one thing, you tend to be open to other things. I mean that from a perspective of, yeah, it's a slippery slope, but that implies to many people a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there can be a negative connotation, like, you know, sliding down the pathway into hell. Um, but you know, there's also the slip and slide or the water slides at the amusement park (laughs) where, you know, you're going down and you are laughing and screaming and having a wonderful time. And then you land in a pool with all of your friends, just partying the summer day away. And really when it comes right down to it, and this, this is true. I think this is important for, for non-monogamy it's important for kink and it's important this is the part i was going to talk about when it comes to um, avoiding abuse if Mm -hmm. you if all of us as humans learn to set our own boundaries and speak up for them and maintain them then we will never go further than we feel comfortable or feel willing to take the risk for Mm-hmm. And that's the key. So like, you know, some people will say, well, if we let the gays marry, then they'll be marrying horses next. No. Right. right. Because that isn't what that isn't what gay people want. They want to marry each other. They don't want to marry horses. It's the same thing with, you know, polyamorous trying kink. You know, they might, you know, some of them might want to do some spanking. They might want to do some power exchange. Most of them are not going to want to put hooks through their flesh and hang through the ceiling. That's okay, right? Your slippery slope you saw is my going face. to I was end. Like, yeah, yeah. No, thanks. Your slippery slope is going to end where your boundaries are. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. I don't want to put hooks through my flesh and hang from the ceiling. And I've been a kinkster for years. The people who are going to want to do that are the people who are going to want to do that. It's that right. simple. Got it. Got it. All right. And that kind of leads into. Uh, one of the things that we talked about right before the show, which is that there's not just one way to kink. There's not just one way to poly. There's not just one way. And that, that seems to be like the purveying theme. Did I use that word right? Uh, Throughout, you know, all of what we do, it's all about consent. It's all about negotiation. It's all about deciding what works for each individual person. Right. And uh, I want to kind of give you this platform here uh, to talk about the things that work for you. Those those words that you said to me right before the show, if you want to talk about that. Sure, sure. So um, it's one of my soapboxes in kink and everything is that I am very anti one two way. Um, And 
that is the idea that there is one right way for everybody. Is, is that a reference so I, to um, to uh, Princess Bride? Ish, yeah. I mean, ish? absolutely. Wove, okay. twu wove. You know, I mean, it's, it's just funny <laughs> to say it that way because it, it pokes fun at the I am the Grand High Uber Master Domly Dom Polyamory Dude who will, you know. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that. Um, that. So I'm very anti. There is one prescriptive way for everyone mm. to do the thing. Um, and so in polyamory, we, we get a lot of people who like, they go off and, and this is not to make light of them, but you know, we've got those people who are gonna go off and they're gonna read you know, the Relationship Anarchy Manifesto and they come back and they're like, relationship anarchy for all, right? Like, and mm -hmm. that's great for them if it works for them and their partners. But people have been swinging for hundreds of years and they have rules and they have agreements between you know the partnership and they have um, hierarchy mm -hmm. and that works for them and it works right. in their culture, right? So this is, this is really important to keep in mind. So as we were talking about before the show, um, I am, in addition to being kinky, I am a cuckoldress, pimptress, who is polyamorous and monoromantic. So what that means to everybody, for those who are like, <laughs> what the fuck is that word salad? Um, I love it. So as a cuckoldress, what this means is that I have, my, my relationship, my polyamorous relationship is imbalanced. I have sexual freedom, my partner does not. So I get to control my partner's sexuality and engagement with others. Oh. And this is done consensually with others. They get to consent to our relationship and what it is. Um, and so that's, that's how we do our things. He asked me to do this. This is what he enjoys. It's what I enjoy. We are both incredibly happy. We do it as ethically as possible. Um, and then I'm a Pinterest in the sense that I search out ways to make him of use to people as well. So I look for people to loan him to. Again, this is all consensual, right? Mm -hmm. They want, they're like, oh yeah, hell yeah, give me that. And he's like, I'm all yours. All right. Loan you me out all you want, right? So I get to control him and I get to do whatever the fuck I want. This nice. is our negotiation, this is our agreement, and it makes us deliriously happy together. Um, then I'm polyamorous in the sense that I have many deep and loving relationships and will become family. And I have sometimes sexy times with them, I have date nights with them and so on and so forth. They are my people, they're my tribe. Mm -hmm. um, I have, uh, two men and two women in my tribe. We're a tribe of five right now. And um, we started about seven and a half years ago. And the newest one is like, has been with us for like three and a half years. So like, it's, it's a pretty serious long-term tribe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we don't have sex all the time or anything like that. Most of the time people wouldn't be able to tell that we're anything but best friends. 
but we're incredibly close and tight knit. We've traveled around the world together, whatever. So I'm, I'm very polyamorous. I believe in this. These, I, I tell them that I love them all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I am, however, thus far in my life, and it took me a long time to admit this to myself because it seems antithesis to polyamory. I'm a monoromantic. That Twitter-pated feeling, that like NRE, super in love, like silly Butterflies. writing things on the mirror type thing. I only <laughs> experience that with one person at a time. And if I have a person that is my romantic center, all of my other people, they still get my love. They still get passion. They still get, you know, date nights and fun together. I just, I don't do the silly, goofy, romantic stuff with them. It doesn't even hmm. occur to me. And, oh, that's um, cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is. <laughs> Playing it like Danny Zuko. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I just, and that's this is something I tell people, you know, so people come into my life and they're like, I would love to be a partner of yours. And I'm like, great, just understand. I'm not going to fall in love with you. Or at least if history, you know, mm -hmm. has any indication, I'm not going to fall in love with you. Although I may love you for a very long time and you may become important to me and never leave my life. I'm, you're just not going to get that like primary partner, goofy feeling for me. It, once it's it's settled, it's just not there for anyone else. And and yeah, I mean there are there are uh, one of the things that I that I mentioned uh, you know when we started the show in that monologue is arrow right aromantic. Mm -hmm. So there are people who are polyamorous but don't get that romantic feeling at all. They Definitely. have the love, they have the depth, they have the care and 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 all of that, but the romance the writing their name mm -hmm. carving names into trees and doing all these silly things they're never gonna feel that and you know that's yeah like you're saying fine by me <laughs> i hope so <laughs> and that's just kind of you know how how some people operate and as long as everybody's aware and it's consensual there you go Absolutely. all right Miss Nookie. I, I like to say just real quick i like to say that that's how it's been for me thus far. Maybe moving forward mm -hmm. in my life, that might change, but, mm -hmm. you know. So far, that's what it's been. That's what it's been, yeah. All right, well, the last thing here before we head off, uh, since we are almost done here, um, tell the people all about datingkinky.com if they want to get in touch with you, uh, if they want to sign up. I mean, what what should they do? What is the action item that people should do? Um, well, head on over to datingkinky.com. Uh, it's built by kinksters for kinksters, poly, queer, trans folk, and anyone not quite vanilla. And it's free. Um, and then if you happen to be uh, both polyamorous and kinky. You can find me on FetLife as Nookie Notes, on Twitter, Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook, and Medium as Dating Kinky, and we're on Instagram as Dating Kinky Official, all one word. Perfect. Well, thank you so much again, Miss Nookie, Nookie Notes. Uh, it's really been a pleasure. Uh, I didn't quite blush as much as I wanted to, so <laughs> we're gonna have to try that again and uh, see if we can see if we can turn my face red. 
next time. <laughs> Maybe next time we should talk about the big book of ass. That that'll do it. That will do it. I guarantee it. <laughs> just reading just reading the uh the the subtitle, it's everything you want to know about anal play. And I'm like Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. Right on. Yeah, I mean, you can almost see me getting red already. So uh, that'll be great. Uh, if you want to come back, uh, calendars book until August. But let's let's do it and let's talk about it and let's uh, talk about get, dating kinky and, and all this good stuff. Oh, man, I can't even. Woo, that'll be fun. <laughs> Well, thank you again for joining us. Uh, and thank you, as always, to our live audience as well. Just a quick reminder that when we're live, you don't get any commercial interruptions, but the same cannot be said for the podcast download. So if you want to avoid those commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live Monday through Wednesday at 2.30 uh, Pacific time or sign up for our Patreon where you'll get access to our commercial-free RSS feed and support the show. Don't forget to head over to uh, www www.bondingproject.com between now and March 26th so that you'll know what Dr. Eli Chef and I are talking about and subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. Follow me on all social medias at Practicing Polyay. Thank you again Miss Nookie for joining us and thank you all for joining us today. Don't forget to as always. Have a nice day! Thank you for tuning in to the Practicing Polyamory podcast. Would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest? Sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation. Please support us by subscribing, liking, and following us on social media at Practicing Polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash 